0: Before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last twenty years, I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend, and confidant, Nick. Hello. Today is Nicola Febbs. How old are you today,
1: Nick? I am going backwards. No. Today. Really. What you mean? What you mean really, or what I will put on Wikipedia if I had Wikipedia?
0: You know that man sent me a Wikipedia entry saying I was born in 1951. I do,
1: I he do. Ne- he never got a date. I do. No, I am 53 today. Are you sure? I could get one of those candles. Are you sure? Bugger off. Bugger off, bugger off. I could get one of those 1970 candles. I'm on vogue. What do you mean? You get the candles, don't you, with 1970 on. Bella Freud Is that when
0: you were born? It's
1: when I was born, 1970 you get a t-shirt I could get a t-shirt Were
0: you born the same year as my husband?
1: I don't know, was I? Is he 53 now?
0: Older 40%. I thought he
1: looked a bit old I'm sorry, can we just back here now If I don't look younger than your husband I'm going to have a sodding tantrum Because I've seen the pictures I'm going to have a tantrum Because I might be older, might be fat But I've got good skin I've got good skin This reminds
0: me (laughs) of, I've been watching a documentary on Sky called Kingdom of Dreams. And the reason I've been watching this is in the news, the peg. The peg? Was that Dior has hired the daughter of the owner of Dior, Bernard Arnault. He's hired his daughter to run Dior.
1: I had to just work that, repeat that and work that out in my head, but I'm with you now. Okay.
0: So the owner of Dior has hired his daughter to run Dior nepotism. She's a Nepo baby. I'm not. So because Dior's in the news, it's got a new owner. I thought, I'll watch Kingdom of Dreams, which is all about the luxury fashion business and how it was really failing in the 80s and it got turned around with appointing Galliano at Dior and the Queen at Givenchy and Tom Ford at Gucci. I used to share a beauty therapist off the King's Road with Tom Ford. Wow, you've made it. I shared a colonic irrigation practitioner with Tom Ford who resurrected Gucci, and I used to own a pair of jewel denim because, first of all, he did the velvet collection, which was velvet flares and a silk shirt, they needed the denim collection with the jewel-encrusted denims. So I owned a pair of those, and I think they ended up as a duster. And now they're worth about £15,000.
1: I'm sorry, I'm still getting over your claim to fame that you you, you shared a flipping colonic with someone. I'm, I'm still you over weren't there. there at
0: the same time.
1: They wouldn't be a good duster, though, would they, if you had little diamante things on? They'd scratch everything. No, well, they, oh,
0: they obviously didn't. See, well. what
1: you want to do is you want to be a fashion princess like me, like sitting here... I've, I've, Liz took me out to lunch today and I stuffed three no, courses. Nick,
0: Nick's idea of fashion, she wears
1: a Greg's uniform. Yes, Martin for Christmas bought me. She wears a Greg's, a Greg's hat and a Greg's hoodie. And apparently they sold
0: out. They were so popular, they well, sold not out. Lots of people who work at Dior, they didn't sell out. But, but
1: I've got the possibility of a discount on a vegan sausage roll just from wearing that. Say say. Anyway,
0: let's get back to Kingdom <laughs> of Dreams. And Kingdom of Dreams is about how the luxury fashion business came from disaster, really. Gucci was going out of business. Givenchy was for old fuddy-duddies. But the, the revelation, really, and there wasn't a lot there new, really. The revelation was that the luxury fashion business has really destroyed not only... Alexander McQueen who committed suicide and John Galliano who was up for making awful remarks lost his job it destroyed the environment and it destroyed young women who thought they had to own all of this stuff and I remember going to an incredible McQueen show where you had this all this rubbish in the middle and I thought well oh, that's untidy but what it was <laughs> it was him saying this is the detritus from all my past shows yeah. this is rubbish, why are we creating so much rubbish in this never-ending circle of new, 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 fashion, 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 new, new, new. But I thought the
1: point of, of paying a huge amount of money for, for a piece is that it becomes classic and it's more sustainable because you keep wearing it.
0: Yeah, there is an element of that, but it was, you know, Galliano and McQueen were doing like 16, 20 shows a year. Yeah. And So that would be a different collection and They were so did- seductive You did think, oh no, I do need that Oh, I remember I was sitting When I was in editor front row at Alberto Ferretti And these buttery Pocahontas trousers Came down the catwalk And I just thought, I have to have them I have to have them I have to, I have, I have, to have them Because if I have them I will be that woman on the catwalk yeah. And I will have a nice life And I'll have a nice boyfriend And everyone will think I'm lovely so she actually gave me two pairs. The designer gave me two pairs, one to wear and one in case I got a smudge. That that works for me. That works for
1: me. I have done that.
0: Where I have are gone. They now? M- where are they? I don't know where have they? Where are they? If well, i was talking about ageing and you ageing, obviously very rapidly. Watch yourself. In the documentary <laughs> was Amanda Harlick, who's Lady Harlick, who was John Galliola's muse. I'm not anyone's muse, and. I remember when I worked at Company Magazine in the early 80s, she worked at Harbours and Queen. And she was then called Amanda Grieve. And we used to go in cranks opposite in Soho to buy our lunch. So I always stood behind Amanda Grieve in the queue. And she was so beautiful. Oh my God. And there was another girl who worked on Harbours and Queen called Angel Bacon. Sorry? Angel Bacon. You've made that up. No. And I just thought, <laughs> why didn't my mum give me a more interesting name? Why am I not
1: called Angel? I don't want to be called Bacon. I don't want to be called Angel. No. Well, you go to the East End for that. Go or, down into an East I want End, End Park.
0: Angel or Tuesday or Saturday or, or Sunday.
1: Go to the Queen Vic. You'll be called Angel
0: or something along those lines. I'll be fine. But Symphony. weirdly, um, Lady Harlick, who's interviewed in this documentary, she left Galliano because Galliano didn't take her d- to Dior, and she joined Chanel. She was Karl Lagerfeld's muse. So I've never been a muse, and vomit it on me more like. <laughs> my God, she's aged. See, it doesn't help if you're rich and titled and called Lady Harlick. She's st- the title because we're exactly the same age.
1: So you should she's be my me, but look at me—look youthful. I might be poor. See, I tell you what was sad
0: about watching this retrospective of fashion. So many faces in the front row who I used to look up and admire. So there, in the front row at the very first Galliano for Dior show, was Grace Coddington, who's still alive, and she's done my drawings in my bathroom. You see, I have a connection to these people. She my a drawings in my bathroom. There were all these photographers who are now dead. There were Susie Menkes, all these faces that I used to know and look up to. Most of them are dead. It makes you feel old, doesn't it? When most of them are dead. Yeah, you do start getting to that age, don't you? At me, and I felt so sad. At John Galliano's first of your show, in the front row, looking all attentive and making notes of Sally Brumpton, and. She was my idol when I went into journalism. She was the editor of Elle, the launch editor of Elle, the launch editor of Elle Decoration. She was deputy editor when I was on Mirabella, and she'd go off and interview Cindy Crawford. And she always looked really cool, and she wore jeans to the office, the Levi's, and I was just so useless for 40 years. And she mentored me. And very sadly, she walked into the sea and committed suicide.
1: That's awful.
0: And looking at her, awful. Right, it was like seeing a ghost. And I remember how amazing she was and how kind she was to me. She never shouted, she never swore. She never said, oh, you've made a mistake.
1: No, it's heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking.
0: But I did interview John Galliano while he was at Dior, and I entered the atelier in Paris, and everything's so immaculate, and everyone's wearing white coats, and, I mean, he was just a complete, I'm sure he was having a nervous breakdown in front of me, and he had a big calendar on his wall, he loves dogs, he loves his dogs. So that's always a good thing. Yes.
1: That is always a good thing. He had a
0: calendar on his wall, some of them were black squares, and those were black, his black days, when he couldn't function.
1: Wow. That's an interesting way of of, of yeah, portraying terrible, it.
0: Terrible, terrible, terrible depression.
1: Yeah. Well, he got into so much trouble, didn't he, with the cults and everything? Yeah, He got
0: into so much trouble. Yeah. That's because no one helped him. Yeah. You know. Well, that's no, the
1: trouble with mental health issues, and particularly if you're in that position. But he
0: was a money-making machine. Yeah. They just wanted him to keep going and making money.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So was he? Was he likable? Was he? Was he? Yeah, very likable. Yeah. Very handsome. I remember I went set off on Eurostar it was then at Waterloo the Terminal to go and interview him the first time and he cancelled. I had to get off the train while it was moving and he sent me these flowers just to apologise for cancelling. And it was this bunch of roses and all the petals were inside out. It was just I'm sorry. It was just weird. Yeah, that sounds super weird. It's like something that doesn't grow in nature. Yeah, yeah. And so the second time I went he was he was very nice and but had huge, huge, huge addiction problems and the pressure of having to perform and come up with something new. And all the models loved him. And you always tell if someone's nice if the models love him. Yeah. The models loved him. Whereas a certain Italian designer, the models hated him, was scared yeah. of him. Everyone around him was scared of him. Very homophobic. Threatened me, threatened everyone. But it is worth watching Kingdom of Dreams if you're remotely interested in fashion. Big news. Big Monday night. Da, da, da. It's the interview. It's the, the interview. The, with it's a capital T. It's the interview. It's the interview. get Harry, everyone. I, I'm Pete Carey, really. I can't take any more
1: Harry. No, actually, I mean, it's what was the interview, the books, the American interview. I'm sort of a bit Harry, Netflix. Harried out. Netflix, I am. I'm a bit Harried out.
0: But if you're Pete Harry. You've got my interview on Monday night to come You have, you have. The Rosewood Hotel in London We're going to put the link on all the podcast links and Twitter yeah. And it's on the U Magazine website You get a drink You get a drink Goodie bag You get a goodie bag, you get a scarf £70 worth of beauty products Yep yeah. I'm, I'm going to
1: nick one And you get lease.
0: And you get me I mean, talking
1: for, for, You get this as well as that You get me talking Now you did have me originally But you've not got me now I've been usurped by Rosie Jones Who will be much more professional Rosie Green Oh Rosie Green <laughs> <laughs> Oh well I would be usurped so I can be a bit bitter and twisted But she'll be much more professional Won't she Yeah well
0: Nick couldn't make it really Because of her extreme age and illness
1: Oh yeah Because I'm so I'm going to sit home with the collies and eat <laughs> <laughs> So that's going to be exciting so yeah. it's so people you're getting people to ask questions, aren't you? You send their yeah. questions in. Anything you want to know, don't bother asking about the rock star. Let's just put it out there now. Don't waste your email on the rock star. But if there's other burning questions, she's gonna be there in front of you. You can terrorise her into telling you. Yeah, them. you
0: could say how have you had a vagina plus That could be a question if anyone's wondering. What else could they ask? Sorry, I'm just backing up into trauma.
1: Liz, Liz,
0: do you email your staff
1: at three in the morning? Yes. Yes. They could. Yes. Liz, Liz tell us your hair. about the turkey baster. What was the turkey baster? Sperm gate. Yeah, I never used a turkey baster
0: though. I don't eat turkeys.
1: No, but well, what? I'm hang on. I sort of want to ask about the process here, and then I sort of don't because I'm scared I to the answer. It's probably a good job I'm not interviewing you because I'd be like. I want to ask that because we're going to push the boundaries, but then I don't want to push the boundaries into trauma. To ask because I've already written a piece about it. No, but I go deeper. Deeper, Jones, deeper. Let's have details.
0: So if you want a cocktail party in London on Monday that isn't about Harry, we'll give you the
1: link. We'll definitely give you the link. It'll be on, on with wherever you're getting this podcast there from. There isn't
0: anything in the goodie bag from Boots. I can guarantee that. But you went to see a film last
1: night, at the cinema, and you didn't invite me again. I did. did... We had this conversation. I texted Liz and said, this is a really good film. And she's like, I wish I could go out. (laughs) We're back on the Death Eaters and Voldemort here. (laughs) Sucking the joy, sucking the joy. (laughs) I will babysit, then you can go. And she says, I've got no friends here. It's like it's like the doom
0: Lick sends me a text saying she's watching Tom Hanks at the cinema and I go, I've got no friends in this shithole.
1: It's doom, it's all doom. <laughs> it's true though. It's doom. But it is a really good film. It's it's his new What's film. It about, it's, Nicola? it's it's his new film. He's trying to say what it's about, isn't it? But like giving it Where's away. It set? It's current. It's current time. Every time I see a film, she asks where it's set. It's like every film I see is in the 50s. <laughs> but this is actually current time. And Tom Hanks, he, he produces it as well as stars. Is Meg Ryan in it? She's not. There's no, there's no orgasmic really scenes. I like a Tom Hanks
0: film with Meg Ryan's in it.
1: Well, that's only one, isn't it? Two. Two.
0: Two.
1: I, love Two. Tom. I don't think Tom Hanks has done a bad film. I really don't. He is spectacular in this, absolutely spectacular. I will say, if anybody would find suicide scenes as a trigger, not to see it because there's quite a lot of in there. It's, it's about a man who's quite grumpy and quite isolated and he's in his little area and he goes out every morning and makes sure that... Stop laughing. He goes out every morning, makes sure people have got their permits in place and everyone's doing as they should be doing. And, oh, do you want some more booze? No. (laughs) I've I've had too much champagne. It's like we're on
0: Nicholas Hen
1: Night. Well, well, yeah, but I need, I need, oh, talking of my Hen Night, before we get into Tom Hanks, this you've got to hear. There was a trailer for Magic Mike. Channum oh, Taiti. Omg! Mike. I got more pleasure from that trailer than I've got in the last What's he doing forty in the, in the years new of film. Stripping, Lee's stripping and dancing. He could spin me round like a pizza base at an Italian restaurant any day of the week. I would ride that roller coaster. He has aged very well, and he can still do it.
0: He's quite burly, isn't he? Always
1: burly. Always oh, buddy. I I struggled initially watching going from Channel Tate to Tom Hanks. I did. There was this little bit of a struggle. But oh my Did the
0: popcorn oh, go up?
1: Well it oh, it's like honestly, it's like being on a diet and walking past a chip shop, you know, like you're just being drawn in by the oh the sight of him, oh he could be my donut. What's oh. the
0: story in the new magic mic? Does it matter? Is it relevant? You know when do we I need do to maybe I could have like guest magic mics dancing. Can we just get Channel Tatum? I think it might be a bit hard. Oh, it would be Liz, it would be. Do you know who went out with Jessie J? I do, I do. Do you know I once had Jessie J's hair for the mail? I do I remember this. So I could get the mail to make me into Jessie J and then we could ask him. Or he could just have me.
1: He could just have me. <laughs> What's your problem? What's funny? <laughs> Anyway, once I got over my hot flush with, with, with Chan and Tate in, and it did take a little bit of while, I started watching Tom Hanks and I focused, I focused. And it's about, like, someone that's quite isolated, quite grumpy. He's got a very strict routine. He's, he's very detail-orientated. He's not very friendly to his neighbours. You said the opening
0: scene was like my
1: life. It is very... Well, no, it wasn't like your life. It was you. So the guy goes in and he wants to buy a bit of rope and they charge him for two two yards of rope, but he's only got five foot of rope, not six foot of rope. So he doesn't see why he should pay the extra foot of rope. So he's arguing with these poor assistants that haven't got a clue what he's talking about when he starts working it all out mathematically.
0: That's like me going to the cinema yes. and I was arguing with them about whether the film had started or not. Yes. And I said... And I started quoting Woody Allen and Diane Keaton.
1: Yes, it was exactly like that. And these two poor people well, why trapped in, the in the headlights. If you've
0: never heard of Woody Allen or Diane Keaton?
1: Now, well, these people couldn't work out about the rope, but they did offer to give him the extra foot of rope, which didn't go down well. And it just reminded me of you. But it's it's great. So you get him. He's very detailed, quite grumpy. And this new neighbour moves in. This Mexican couple and their children. And she basically forces him into being friendly. She just wears him down and wears you. him down. Yeah, she is a bit like me. She keeps taking him food and banging on his door and, bit, you know, just a bit, like, invasive, really. He thrusts her children on him. And you get all the backstory about why he's grumpy and there's a few suicide attempts. And it, they're basically... Every time he sort of thinks about doing it, something happens to stop him. And each time it gives him more of a purpose to live and it all sounds a bit depressing but it's and it is sad I actually cried quite a lot at this film and at the end I cried a lot and I don't cry at humans in films I just don't I cry if there's a dog or a cat or a horse or whatever I don't cry at humans it's just not in my DNA and this film really touched me it's a bit sort of Reminiscent of Forrest Gump, only obviously this guy's like really intelligent, but it's that same sort of vulnerability around it. And I don't fancy
0: this film
1: at all. It, honestly, I'd
0: I would love to see Magic
1: Mike. Oh yeah, but it's, it's that's like comparing sort of like I don't know dry uncooked rice with like hot steaming chips in a buttery bun, isn't it? But no, it's it's a fantastic film. Mm. It's touching it's funny it's i i absolutely loved it go and see it go and see it no yes
0: do you want to hear this week's column go on column 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 In, in which an admirer angles
1: for a visit oh more bloody catnip i am catnip more catnip Which one's this, thing? Come on, let's keep up.
0: I'm writing this just before Christmas. It's freezing. So cold, even the water in the stables has frozen. The horse's poo is frozen to the ground, so you have to chip it away at it like a miner. I even have a head torch. Gracie is wearing her fluorescent warm coat, and she looks like a policewoman. I'm half expected to start directing traffic. I'm facing Christmas on my own until him the writer, what are you doing at Christmas? Why do people ask people things like that? What, 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 Why do you want
1: to know? Well, he obviously wanted to know, didn't he, when we find out why, when well, she read forward.
0: Bear in mind that we haven't been on a single date. I think this is a little bit forward, like meeting someone for dinner, wearing no knickers, brandishing a condom. Fine by me if
1: it's Chatham Taton. That's you, isn't it? Yeah, Chatham Taton, mate, bring it on, bring it on.
0: Me, also a writer. Are you? Really? Um, the usual. I didn't tell him this, but the following is the dating equivalent of turning up with hairy armpits. Feeding the horses, changing their rugs, poo-picking, mining. Putting hay out, turning out, mucking out, changing water, getting them all in again without being murdered by Swirly. She's way more excited about coming in than she's going than
1: going out. Why she, I don't know. She's so
0: excited coming in, but she doesn't care about going
1: out. I think it's the prospect of her dinner. No, I think she's, she's channeling me. Dinner.
0: She's channeling me. She wants in for her dinner. Walking my dogs, trying to squeeze in top of the pops, mm. eating nut roast made for me by the local deli as they felt sorry for me. Here. Do you fancy Christmas lunch somewhere festive? Claridge's, Le Candelocatelli, Morrow. He's been googling. That's like pom to you, isn't it?
1: He's he's speaking your language. It's better than Pawn.
0: the Patelli. Yeah, you've got, you've got you've glazed you've glazed over. I was swooning with nostalgia. I would love that more than anything in the world, to be warm and have someone bring me food to wear something other than Wellington's and a fleece. I simply can't, I've got four dogs and really, really, really naughty horses. Even though he didn't reply, I could hear his thoughts in the ether. Her bloody animals. She's not normal. A day later, he sent this. I could come to you. I could bring a Dalesford hamper. It I took him like... a whole day to think of that. I do like Dalesford, though. You do? He's... I do like
1: the bath oil. He's, He's done his research, innit? He? He's done his research. Me
0: and Boris Johnson and Carrie keep Dalesford afloat. Because they ordered all the for food while they were at number they 10, did. didn't they? They did. I'm too ashamed of where I live, and so I say it's too soon. I don't even know if I fancy him, as his face is a blur. Plus, it's awkward. I write about my life. Even though he's a writer, as my husband was, sort of, he won't enjoy <laughs> it. I'm reminded of a piece that went viral a couple of weeks ago. It was entitled, My Boyfriend, a Writer broke up with me because I'm a writer. The author, Isabel Kaplan, wrote, I promised I wouldn't exploit our child's privacy. This is a child she didn't have. It's like a mythical child. He worried I would someday change my mind. He wanted more than a verbal promise, which I didn't know how to provide. I asked him to trust me. Flowers from my British publisher arrived when my book was published. I didn't ask my boyfriend to celebrate that publication. I thought I had already asked for too much. What a wimp! I don't get and that. She's American. She didn't want him to feel emasculated. That's ridiculous. Don't write about our child that we don't have, and she doesn't tell us that her boyfriend that flowers are will ride because the rid- book's come out. Ridiculous! If a man can't deal with your success, dump the chippy bastard. Her boyfriend joked that if she wrote about him, it would be the end. And he's a writer He brought up Nora Ephron You see we've been talking about Tom Hanks We have and, and Meg We have We love Tom Hanks So her boyfriend brought up Nora Ephron The author of When Harry Met Sally The woman who came up with the immortal phrase Everything is copy I thought you'd come up with that No but I, I live
1: that No I, I literally just that assumed my mantra. I
0: assumed that was you Anyway, this awful, awful, awful male writer says to the very successful girlfriend, Nora Ephron hurt people with her writing, you know. All of which makes me want to stab him and wonder what on earth he writes about. He's a writer. Okay, so what does he write about? Does he write biographies, say a biography of Meghan Markle, who he's never met? Or perhaps he writes fantasy novels such an outer space. Most good writing is about things that you know. Sadie Smith didn't write about green people in outer space. She wrote about black people in North London. He is so, this is this woman's awful boyfriend. He is so disparaging of women writing about their feelings. Do you know what he calls it? Something awful. Militarised vulnerability Oh bugger off Militarised vulnerability Bugger off Why not tell the brave women of Me Too About your small penis treatise See how they respond Then this female writer wrote The most Apposite censors In the whole essay I've been waiting for someone to write this I feel like a lone Wolf In the prairie until she wrote this Your new mantra No but it's absolutely right She says in in any relationship There is an expectation of privacy There is also an expectation Of respect Violate the latter And you relinquish your right to the former Thank you
1: Yeah I think that's quite fair
0: actually If you don't respect me Yeah you can't expect to be private Yeah Respect goes a long way. All the anger I faced for decades over my writing, from family, friends, partners, the chubby husband, Nicola, has been because they failed to show respect. Love how I get dragged in. Not me. I am but a mirror. (laughs) I will weaponise my misery because I have a right to express my own feelings, my own hurt. I email him. The viral essay. There's background reading. See, so if you go out with me, you've got to do homework, innit? Well, I think he's done some decent homework. We've got Dowsford, we've got Candelopatelli. Yeah, he's essay, has he, about weaponising misery? No, but he's feeding you pretty well. That's a good start. He replies, I'm not jealous of your success, your talent. I'm in awe of it. And I won't do anything to piss you off. Well, he would say that, wouldn't he?
1: Well, that's that's just not possible, is it?
0: He's gonna piss me it's off. He's gonna. It does. It, he's gonna put the wrong spoon in the wrong drawer. He's I gonna, have lived he's this. Gonna talk to mini puppy not in a sing-song voice. He's gonna piss me off. He's gonna put something directly on, on the a on a
1: surface in your fridge, not on the tea
0: towel. You can read this week's diary in full. And on Sundays You magazine Now you know I'm giving this talk on Monday did I mention that You are and the goodie bag And the goodie bag And the
1: goodie bag Four
0: tickets left In 2015 I also did a talk in a hotel You did that fateful day The fateful day I did a talk in a very posh hotel And this is the column about the fallout there's lots of fallout from that talk. There's pretty much fallout from everything you do. Ding dong, as Bridget would say. After dinner in the organic pub, David sent me a text. That was only our second date, yeah?
1: Yes. Do you
0: know I had sex with him after two dates? Slapper. Slapper, you should have held off. So we didn't have sex after dinner in the organic pub and he sent me a text. When are you back? Free kiss. Oh.
1: I don't know why you're doing that R thing. <laughs> look! Look now in retrospect. <laughs>
0: I said I was free that night. Oh, play hard to get, one, don't you? <laughs> I didn't want all the follicles to sprout. I'm only ready <laughs> very rarely, you see.
1: <laughs> it's like that. Are you being served? Feel the
0: I'm free. <laughs> I said I was free that night. He texted back saying he couldn't make it, but I should check out his Facebook page. Oh, for God's sake. Who can
1: be bothered to go and Who look at someone's Facebook? Oh, I'm not
0: going to I'm not going to check.
1: Yes, you would, because you've been spying on him since you went to dinner oh, with I him.
0: I haven't looked at his Facebook oh. page. Don't ruin the talk. <laughs> I set off back to the Orchardells where I asked my assistant, Nicola... You, Me. to log into Facebook and look, because I don't have Facebook, because I'm not 12. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was very useful Nicola, I did then, wasn't Nicola, it? I'm yes. back now home. David said I should check out his Facebook page. Can you do it, I said, in a Megan fashion. Yes. There, at the top of David's baking Facebook page, was a post from a woman saying... Is the David here the same David Liz Jones announced was her new boyfriend at the Reader's Talk in a Posh Hotel last night? <gasps>
1: Uh-oh.
0: Why? Why? Why would someone do that? Why? Why would someone do that? Why? <laughs> Why? Well, if you're going to stand up
1: in public and no, but what say stuff... No, was during
0: the talk I got a text from him. I obviously went red. They said, who is it? I said, oh, I have... Lunch at the Canteau, Le and dinner at the Organic Pub with David, who I was in love with, four hundred years ago. But then, why would you post what I said in an intimate evening with a goody bag on Facebook on his Facebook?
1: So, if you've got a thing up of night on this talk, who Don't knows what happened?
0: Who knows? Don't what mention what it. <laughs> Oh God, I said I said I'd had dinner with David, nothing more Poor David, now off-putting I think you
1: swore a little bit more than that Actually, if I I remember correctly Yes, I, I, I don't think it was quite, oh
0: God I debated whether or not to ignore it But I finally sent a text To him saying, sorry I think one of my readers got overexcited And all I said was That we'd had dinner and I was in love with him In 1983 He replied he didn't doubt it See, he was nice Oh, shut up Handsome
1: What? You think Marcus Ware is handsome? Worry Sorry, handsome Definition Channum, Tating. Tom Cruise Brad Pitt I think there was a trailer Warren for Harker. Oh, God There was a trailer for Brad Pitt Paul
0: McCartney He's lost it Paul McCartney Yesterday No
1: No No, 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 Do you want to be
0: I texted he was welcome any time he wanted a peaceful weekend by the river. He shot back there was no time like the present, he would see me on Friday. I've never been more nervous, I wish I took drugs, I cling like a maniac. My ruse, as discussed with Nicola, you, it was. was to show him to the spare bedroom and leave any moves to him. The anticipation was immense, but I imagine he too was feeling the pressure. At 10pm, headlights crept up the lane oh, What do you mean
1: he was He was feeling the pressure It wasn't like you was ambiguous, was it? I've been in love with you Come stay at my house No, but men still have to perform, don't they? <laughs> I don't know not, not always, in my experience
0: <laughs> I pulled on wellies I decided not to be dressed up So I was wearing chattered jumpers With an oatmeal Alexander Wang tank See? You... You could take the girl out of Joseph.
1: But <laughs> you can't take Joseph out of the girl. But what they don't know is the level of discussion this outfit took.
0: <laughs> I opened the gate and he swung his enormous car and his enormous penis onto the cobbles. I am going to vomit. He had me a bottle of champagne and we went inside, tripping over collies. I showed him to his room and asked if he wanted to have a shower. Oh, I said that Nick was making it something to eat. Do you remember that? Yes, because I had
1: my boyfriend to stay for that he weekend. He was
0: your boyfriend. He
1: was my boyfriend. Who was it? it? was a fireman one. No, he
0: wasn't a fireman. It was a
1: fireman ex-Marine. Liz just got angry because he wouldn't go up the ladder to clean her gutters. I went <laughs> sat by the
0: fire. I might have lived next door to him, adored him, patted his hair when he was off on a date with someone else, but I didn't know him. That night I went to bed and he didn't follow. The next day was quiet, but I couldn't relax. He sat by the river smoking. He told me he was intimidated by my 36 million Google entries. (laughs) (laughs) I wished I were 20 again, normal, anonymous. That night we sat by the log fire watching 40 Towers. He told me he'd moved to London in 1975 when the first episodes were made. By 2am, I was yawning and said I was going to bed. I was in my bathroom, flossing. When I came back into my bedroom, he was at the door. Are you going to invite me in, he said. Well, you can either sleep in the spare room or you can sleep here, bearing in mind I'm the only one with a deep sleep pillow spray.
1: Oh, my dear God, it's like a Mills and Bones book. Oh, God, he's going to rip your bodies off in a minute. I
0: got into bed wearing wang and pyjamas. I've been dreaming of this for 30 years on and off. No one else had measured up. Why did this never happen, Ben, I said. I could have got you drunk and we'd have done it, he said, but I'd only have dumped you. But at least I'd have had the memory, I said. He tried to kiss me, but I started giggling. I do start giggling, don't I?
1: You're very giggly.
0: He was the most generous, attentive lover I've ever had. Why does he complain about being written about?
1: I'm actually, I just want a blowtorch to burn my ears and uh, head
0: off. The next morning, he paid me two compliments. You have the asterisk, 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 asterisk of a teenager. Oh dear God. And you might well be the perfect woman. (laughs) Sorry. But then he said, until you start talking. Oh God. That wasn't very
1: really nice, was it? Oh dear, it, it? it depends if it was going to be one of those Mills and Boom moments,
0: do you know what I mean? Mills and Boom. Oh, Boom. When he got back to London on Sunday night, he sent this text. I've got it framed Hi, just got back. Thank you for a fabulous weekend. I'm all glowing and happy.
1: I think I might like it better
0: when you're bitter and twisted and Voldemort. I sent back, I've always loved you. Then he said this, and I went to bed happy for the first time since so Michael Jackson released thriller, Looks Like You Have Me, X. Didn't it start well? It started You're well. Your cooking, my yeah. asterisk, 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 asterisk.
1: Which I'm sure didn't didn't reach up to your cooking.
0: <laughs> your asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. He <laughs> wouldn't want my cooking, everything's a biscuit.
1: No, he wouldn't want your cooking. Well, they're saying that, you do make some nice things. What did you think of that?
0: But why does someone at my talk go straight onto his Facebook page and list says you've you, 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 uh, you got boyfriend? Well, to be honest, the way it. If anyone does that on Monday night, I'm going to track you down. It's like Liam Neeson. I'm going to track you down and I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. What
1: actually are you complaining about? You ended up getting your leg over with the bloke that you've been hankering after for I'm 40 not years. I'm not complaining. So they did you a favour. They did you a favour. But that would have happened anyway. Well no, it was that little push, wasn't it? It was that little little bit of oomph. <gasps> you might get that this time, that little push.
0: Every week lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too you'd like to get in touch, then go to LizJonesGoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess
1: Goddess. Do you want to know what uh, lovely listeners are saying? You
0: got them. Sandra. Have you bought a ticket, Sandra?
1: Who's also Sandra, an Essex girl? Sandra,
0: Sandra? Oh god. Sandra? Have you bought a ticket?
1: I'm sure she heard you before she actually, like, listened to the podcast.
0: Sandra. (laughs) Come
1: on, then. Sandy. It's it's like some sort of horror film. Sandy, you can't abbreviate the poor woman. Liz, I am loving the new you. For years, I have read your column in capitals and pulled my hair out. So many times you seem to sabotage yourself. You say you write for your readers, but we want you to be happy, find genuine love, and do things that give you pleasure. Not this life of misery for our entertainment. So I cheered right along with Nick listening to the podcast. I don't think your
0: cheering
1: was genuine. It was genuine. No,
0: it wasn't.
1: It was genuine. You love my misery. I, no, I do not love your misery because your misery is my misery. When you're happy, we're all happy. That's how it works. Ask Megan and her staff. You're joyous when you're happy. Right. Do you want to know what Jeff, not David, said? It's so funny. All
0: the men who email me now, now put in brackets, not David.
1: Yeah, so it's Jeff, not David, (laughs) who says, Liz, 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 economy? That's a hard no. You wouldn't survive the experience. I barely
0: did, and I'm ex-army. No, I can't go economy. Not if I'm
1: going to meet nice. He he, he sounds like ex-army. That might be nice. Fit. Jeff. Fit, manly. Jeff, yeah. Jeff, not David. Oh, let's hear more.
0: Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit melplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces, and more? I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones and I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>